Hello everyone, welcome to the Volrath Feed, where we talk about anything and everything associated to the very broad and diverse commercial food service industry. I'm your host, Rich Rupp, chef and product trainer at the Volrath Company, and as always, today we have with us our producer, Justin Pearson. Hello, Rich. Justin, how are you? Oh, I'm doing quite well, thank you. And yourself? I'm all right. Just trying to stay dry. It's been... We've had some really, really rainy days up in our area, neck of the woods up here, huh? Yeah, definitely. I uh, I was really concerned about getting some water in the basement, but uh, thankfully, uh, we stayed dry. I hear you. We, we have been fortunate at my house. My mother's got some water in her basement, which is... It's one of those basements where they've got some carpeting and things. So when that gets wet, you've got to get on it. Or if you don't, in a day, it's you get you get a smell, you get that oh, yeah. mildewy odor, and ugh, no and fun. You're not getting rid of that. It's it just gets worse, and you got to tear it out and start over. Yeah, exactly. That's anyway. Yeah. We we live with it, right? Yeah, we do. I'm not complaining. I I missed having the rain living out west, so it's nice to have it. Once again. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to our show today. We have our guest, Shannon Solomon, with us today, a little bit later on. She is the Director of Nutrition Services for the Aurora Public School District in Colorado. So that'll be fun to uh, talk with her as far as how they're dealing with things and what they're looking forward to and the changes. And as we were prepping for this show, I, I was thinking about my food service when I was growing up in elementary and middle school and high school. And I, I think it's come a long way since then, right? School food service. Yeah, I would say so. Even from my days too, things have come a long ways. And people that are in food service in the public education sector have a lot of challenges on their plate, you know, as far as calorie restrictions, you know, the, the, the dollar amount they can spend per plate, um, sodium intake. There's, I mean, there's tons of things that they have to consider, and that that they have to stay within lines on, and and to make something that you know seven and eight year olds are going to eat on top of that is, is exceptionally challenging. I, I would imagine so. It takes a lot of creativity and and um, care from from people running kitchens in public education. Right, and I think you know, kids in general, I think, are being more aware of not only the healthy side of food, but they're getting they're, they're more adventurous. They they're being exposed to more diverse foods. And I was growing up, I, I think it was pretty narrow lane that we stayed down with uh, school food service. It was pizzas, it was mm-hmm. hot dog, meatloaf, mashed potatoes. It was pretty pretty plain right and yeah, I, I think they kind of all just stuck to the same color palette you know right. beige what's for lunch right. today beige <laughs> <laughs> and and now i think they have a, a bigger challenge and, and not only as you mentioned all the other controls that they have to or or restrictions and things that they have to control it's um it's about getting nutrition in it's about will they eat it because to plan something put it on the plate and say well, hey we met the guidelines here's lunch and then most of it goes in the trash, doesn't do anybody any good either, right? So it's got to mm-hmm. be appealing, and they've, they've got to really work hard at at fitting some of those things in. It's not like you, like your 
you know, you have a pet and you got to give them a pill, you wrap it up in something sweet, you give it to them, right? You can't do that with a kid. <laughs> right. How do you how do you bury a piece of broccoli in the middle of the meatloaf, I suppose, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you really, you got to start them early, though. This is something that has to happen right as they enter the school system. You, you've got to start exposing them to to healthy options that are are delicious and something that they might never have the opportunity to experience at home. And so you get them having fun with the food at an early age because you try and do some of this stuff at the high school level. And I, I bet that's even more challenging because teenagers can be very particular eaters. I, I know when my daughter was a teenager that um, there was a there was a period in her life where she wouldn't eat but three or four things. And I, it's one of those scenarios where you got to pick your battles and be like, and you hope that she grows out of it. And thankfully she did. You know, she's a very adventurous eater now. So I'm, I'm proud of that. But you, you got to start them early to, to get them thinking about their futures and food. Well, right. I think that's a key. And you, and if the more they you give early on, the more they learn that if they fight it enough, they're going to get their way and get noodles and uh, cheese sauce, I suppose, every meal, if that's what they... <laughs> I had a niece that that's what she would eat, noodles. And there was a few other little things, but she also had some allergies, so it was a bit trickier for her. And that's another thing, if you think about in schools nowadays, allergies. And and then yeah. the special dietary, do they offer vegan? What if you got a kid that says, I'm vegan? How do you <laughs> deal with that? Well, yeah, there's just that. You think about all the the different religious restrictions right? and, and the health restrictions that a lot of kids have. And it's just got to be extraordinarily difficult to manage all that you got to have a fantastic system in place to make sure that everyone is fed but then also the fed according to uh, their dietary guidelines right. right and those guidelines those are the those are the things that have to be met to get your funding right they have to submit i believe their plans and they get approved and mm -hmm. they, that's how they get they get some of their funding right by meeting that yeah i know we had several people that when we introduced our granita machines You'd think of a traditional granita, it's fruit, it's sweet, and it's certainly not going to fit in any dietary guidelines. Well, we had people that were experimenting with, of all things, sweet potatoes mm -hmm. as the base so that you could pass nutritional guidelines and offer that then in schools. Yeah, because uh, it was the uh, Healthy Hunger-Free Kids Act. That law required schools to do things like limit sodium, and fat in meals, you know, increase their fruits and vegetables. It was Michelle Obama, right? Yeah, it was Obama uh, administrative initiative. Right. So. We did some some salad bars for them, I think. Oh, really? Sure. Right for that initiative, I remember that was a big push in our company to put that together mm. before your time. You're a young yeah. one yet <laughs> <laughs> with the company. So when you're thinking about when you were in school and. Uh, what was the meal when you walked in the lunchroom oh. and, and it, it was on the board that you went like, yes? Okay, well, pizza was always right. a, a crowd pleaser. Even though looking back on it, it was absolute garbage. You know, it was. <laughs> but I think I liked Pizza Day more for the dessert that it came with. It was it was like this uh, peanut butter square with a little thin layer of chocolate on it. I don't I don't remember if it was like kind of rice based. Rice Krispie-ish, but it was really good. And I haven't been able to find anything since that that 
duplicates the flavor. I, I don't know. Maybe they don't make that preservative anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so pizza day was a favorite day. But then for one, one year uh, in my elementary school life, I, I was at a really nice school. My family had moved into uh, an area and we happened to be in a, a wealthier school district. And I, I don't know, we, we maybe just skirted on the line or something because we really didn't belong in that demographic. But but the, the school lunches there were phenomenal. And they were doing things back then that people are starting to get on a trend now with, you know, cooking your stuff fresh from fresh ingredients every day. And there was a beef and barley soup that they made. And I remember this very distinctly to this day. Um, and that, that was all the way back. I was, that was fifth grade. So that was a long time ago. <laughs> and this, this soup, I, I don't think I really had beef and barley soup before that. So it was amazing to me. And it's just, you know, when, when you're young and the olfactory, the senses, the smells, you know, when you're an adult, you smell something and it just takes you right back to that moment, that just instant transportation to, to a memory. And uh, whenever I have beef and barley soup, it does that now. Yeah, interesting. I can say I don't believe I've ever had, in growing up through high school, soup at a, at a food, excuse me, at our lunch in school. Never, hmm. ever have I had soup. Never. Never. We had a hot pack, which was a foil... Well, if I had a guess, it'd be eight by five inches, uh-huh. and it had uh, a couple of compartments in it, and then a cold pack, and that's what you got. When you walked through the line, they gave you one of each, and you grabbed your little pint of milk, and away you went. That was that was lunch, and never <laughs> hot ever and a cold soup. pack, yeah, hot huh. and a cold pack. And I look forward to pizza day, as you said. And so was it a mystery? Hamburgers. Did you know it was in the pack, or was it just like a surprise? You're like, well, I think they had be? a board. It's, okay. it's, there was a board that was posted in in grade school, and uh, we called it junior high, which is middle school in our district now. But mm. uh, that middle, you know, six, seven, eighth grade, something in there. I think at that point they may have had a, a line you could jump out and get into a paid, like a different type of. But there was that was the big deal to get two choices then, right? And even in high mm. school, we only had it that way. I think it was one other option. So we were. It was years ago as well. It wasn't like it is today, but mm-hmm. yeah. So that's school lunch program. And <laughs> again, when we when we first started looking at this, I'm thinking school lunches. You know what else popped in my mind? What's that? Chris Farley. Do you remember Chris Farley? <laughs> uh, lunch Lady Land. Yeah. <laughs> sloppy <laughs> Joe. Sloppy, sloppy Joe. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, you know, in the U.S., we're, we're, we've definitely come a long way from what we were just talking about as kids growing up into where things are today. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the quality, the, the, the wholesomeness, the nutritional value. I don't even know if they... We we had soda in our lunchroom when I was a kid growing up, you know. So there was, you could get a, you could bring a soda or buy a soda. And nowadays that's, now that's not allowed, right? Sodas. Yeah, it just really varies from district to district, state to state, region to region, and and uh, it it comes back down to who's running the kitchen. If you have somebody who's been trained uh, professionally and that cares, that genuinely cares about the students and what they're putting into the bodies, that's that's what makes the difference. Because it takes that creativity to work within those restrictions and parameters to come up with something delicious 
and healthy at the same time. Well, I think I'd definitely like to be in Shannon's district then because she was on, uh, I forget which season it was, but the television show Chopped. Oh, yeah. So talk about creativity, right? Yeah. So she pulled up, you know, I think that's the one where you lift the box up and you've got to yeah. make things out of what's ever in the mystery box. I'm not sure if that's it exactly, but I'm always impressed when I watch those shows, how creative these people are. And at the end of the day, I mean, what they come up with is, I'm always pretty impressed by it. So I, I, I know that um, her being the director now of that school district, I'm sure she's able to uh, come up with some creative things and Mm-hmm. be within the guidelines and hopefully again the kids are are cleaning or eating the plates of, of what's put out and not um not just dismissing it and i'm curious to hear about the challenges and how she faces them with you know getting kids to eat the eat the food and mm-hmm. um also you know going forward and how that's gonna right change with things yeah in that's the world. a big thing right now is is because uh, districts are still responsible for feeding kids so what does that look like when they're not there to make sure that these kids, and you know, a lot of them, they rely on public schools for, for those meals. And I'm, I'm interested to hear how they've accomplished this, some of the, the trials and tribulations that they've had to go through along the way, and maybe what, what it's going to look like in the future. Because think about social distancing in an in a elementary or high school or middle school cafeteria, I mean, that's going to be a massive undertaking to try and keep kids away from each other, you know, six oh, feet exactly. apart, you know. Well, I, I know we've been having some fun reminiscing about our childhood memories and of uh, our experience in school food service, but I think we both know we're, we're going to hear about a very different experience that students are having in today's world and, and very much for the better. Uh, I can't say I'm much worse for the wear, but they're has been a tremendous amount of emphasis on healthy eating habits and supporting dietary trends recently in schools. And uh, just as that's totally changed things for the better. I I know kids are much healthier. So I think we should bring our guest, Shannon Solomon, on, who once again is the Director of Nutrition Services at Aurora Public Schools in Aurora, Colorado. We'll bring her into the conversation to hear about what she is currently doing in her district during this pandemic and how she's planning on moving forward for the 2021 school year. So let's please welcome our guest, Shannon Solomon. Shannon, welcome to the Volrath Feed. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's a pleasure having you. We're looking forward to our conversation. As I said, Justin and I were having some fun. I'm I'm from a day where uh, school food service, when I was young, it was, and our district maybe was a little different. We didn't have um, a whole lot, and so we... <laughs> <laughs> Our meals were were pretty interesting, so we're we're anxious to hear about uh, some of the things you're doing. And as I said, I know that school f- emphasis has uh, come a long way on nutrition and uh, better better food service. So, you know, how did maybe we should just start the show off by telling us a little bit about yourself and maybe about your career path and how you ended up uh, where you are today. Thanks so much. So it's interesting because when I was uh, when I first started out, I, I you know I started out working in fast food restaurants when I was fourteen, and then when I was seventeen, I took a, a job at Taco Bell, which at that time was Pepsi, and owned by Pepsi Cola. And so I worked actually for twenty years, almost just shy of twenty years, with the what what evolved and rolled off and spun off into Yum Brands. <clears throat> 
which was Pepsi. So I spent my first career, um, first part of my career doing that. Um, however, I myself have five children, four incredible young men and a beautiful daughter. So I've always been a lunch lady. I just didn't know it. Um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I worked in fast food, like I said, for the first 20 years, Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, KFC, um, two in ones and became a trainer um, worked also as a area supervisor, did a lot of trainings and stuff for them. But when my twins were sophomores in high school and I was missing out on a lot of their high school sports, working the, the quick service restaurant area supervisor hours. And it was really at that point in time, I did not have a college degree, um, because I, I moved through the, through the company that I realized I needed to be an example for my sons, my twins, and I went back to school. Mm. I left Young Brands and I took a job at Hinkley High School as a kitchen manager in the district, not at the high school my sons went to, of course. <laughs> that would have been a little <laughs> bit too challenging for me and them. But um, a fellow neighboring school in our district, I took a high school kitchen manager position um, after 20 years with, with Young Brands. And it was interesting. It was probably the best four and a half years of my life, um, being a kitchen manager and working with superheroes who get up every morning at 4.35 a.m., come in and serve the future of our nation. I mean, that's really what they're doing. And to work with high school students was definitely a challenge, but um, I had two high schoolers of my own and three upcoming high schoolers. So I feel like I, I was connected with them and you give them a level of respect when they come through your line and you develop those relationships, even though it's just five to 10 seconds, it's every day, five to 10 seconds for a full year. And um, so those four and a half years really gave me the benchmark of loving school nutrition. I was going to school to get my bachelor's degree at the time in business. Um, so I, that's why I took the job was the set schedule, 6 a.m. to 2 p.m., you know, give or take here or there. But I took the schedule so that I could get my bachelor's degree and set the um, example for my sons. That secondary education is critical in this in this day and age, whether it's, um, yes. you know, um, a, a, a plumber or, you know, a site. One of my sons is an HVAC tech now. Um, but whether it's that technical secondary education or it's a traditional secondary education, continuing your education after high school is critical. Yeah, getting some skill beyond just the basics that you get out of high school, right? Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So I finished my bachelor's degree as uh, the kitchen manager. It took me it took me almost five years, um, but it was a long, hard road being out of school for as long as I was. And then I got promoted here at Aurora Public Schools into an area manager. They, we call ourselves coordinators. And um, I was a coordinator for about, well, I finished, actually, I finished my degree and I walked as I was a coordinator. And I walked across the stage and it was awesome for my family and my twins. And um, so then after that, I did two and a half years, I think, as a coordinator as a supervisor, I had 17 sites that I supervised, 17 kitchen sites here in Aurora Public Schools and helped with the knowledge I had as a kitchen manager. I helped my 17 kitchen managers um, with efficiencies, operations, 
um, how to lead their teams. And it was interesting then going into the elementary schools and the middle schools and the K-8s, I got that new experience being the coordinator of those 17 sites. And then I moved um, into the assistant director role shortly around two and a half, three years. And then my predecessor retired um, two and a half years ago and I applied for the director position and um, was awarded the director position here in Aurora Public Schools in January, actually the day before my birthday in 2018. So <laughs> very cool. Uh, yeah. 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 Happy That's birthday. Happy birthday. Thanks. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So it was, it was great. And so I've been the director here now just two years. I'm in, I'm, I'm entering, I'm in my third year. It just works out like that. People get into food service at some point for whatever reason, back in, you know, working at Taco Bell or whatever. And you get into life and you, you kind of like it, right? It sticks with you. I mean, did you at any time you were going to school ever think, well, I'm going for business. I, if, if there's another career path outside of this, or was it always just, I'm going to get my business and be right back into uh, food service education? Well, when ed- education, food service. Yes. Um, when I when I got hired for the kitchen manager position, Linda Dahlman was the director at the time, an incredible woman. And I just look up to and adore. And she when she hired me, she said, we don't usually hire folks from the outside with your experience level. And, um, you know, she just basically shy of told me I was overqualified for the job. And she said, and I'm concerned that you're going to take this position as a kitchen manager and leave us. And I said, I promise you, you will have me until I get my bachelor's degree. And so I did take the job with the intention of, like you said, going back to school, getting my business degree, becoming that example, and then going back out into corporate America and working in a corporate environment, because that's what I had known for 20 years and loved it. There was no bad experience. I mean, it's a restaurant, but I mean, there was no, <laughs> um, you know, there was nothing. I love working in restaurants. And, and then I fell in love with school nutrition and it is a restaurant and it is a business. And so, I mean, we're the leading breakfast and lunch business here in Aurora public in Aurora community. We really are. If we were to stack up against those numbers, we're going to beat them every time in breakfast and lunch across the city because of the amount of sheer volume of meals we serve. Mm. No, and you're so right. it is restaurant. And I think I was able to I was able to mirror my experiences and my knowledge and my gained on the job learning for the 20 years I was in the quick service industry and partner that with the experience from college and then what I was doing simultaneously here in the district and bring all of those components together for efficiencies, success, personnel, resources. You know, when I interviewed for the job here as the director, they asked me, what do you believe is the number one thing that a school nutrition director is responsible for. And I had really thought long and hard and prayed about this before my interview. And the thought that keeps coming to my mind is we're really responsible for three things. The resources that we allocate and distribute and put across the district, the regulations. (laughs) I've had to learn a lot of that over Mm -hmm. my course. And then the relationships. And not not those three in any order, but the resources, the regulations, and the relationships is really when I wake up in the morning, I focus on those three things when I'm making my decisions and the impacts of what those are going to be throughout the district. Oh, wow, yeah, and there's so much, 
so much uh, change that's gone on in in the industry and in, in your area of the industry, school food service. And you're right. I thought about this as well. Like, it's it's restaurant because you're you're really dealing with every element that every other restaurant has. It's just you're doing it in schools, right? It's so. Um, so that was, and you also mentioned, you know, the the breakfast that you're doing now, and and obviously lunches make sense, but after school snacks and things, that's that's a huge change that's come along for sure since I've been out of school. And so as you as you look at you know your career and and uh, all the changes that have come along, those being some of them, are there other changes that you you had coming along that um, when you think about these resource regulations and relationships that really have changed since you got into it? Um, I would definitely say our customers have changed. <laughs> <laughs> their, their wants and needs and the, demo, you know, the, 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 the changing of the um, whole foods, um, fresh foods, and it's a good thing. Um, in 2010, our, our administration at the time really put a focus, and that's when I was a kitchen manager, on healthy school eating. Um, the Healthy, Hunger, and Free Kids Act of 2010. And, you know, I, I don't know that I can say this, but Michelle Obama was a hero for our industry. She really was. And she championed, you know, setting out that we're not only teaching our kids education here in the school school schools, but we're also teaching them how to fuel their bodies so that they can get that education. And so turning that to focus on fresh fruits, fresh vegetables, and making sure that those were on the trays of our youth. And it is true um, that the you have to introduce a new food, fruit, vegetable, entree, or something different to a young, young person, young, a little youngin, um, a few times before they'll try it. And so it was really neat to partner with the state of Colorado and um, different programs, the fresh fruit and vegetable program, the breakfast in the classroom, and incorporating that into being able to bring in the new new items to introduce to the kids. And I think, I think some of our kids. I remember one time when we brought in some different. Um, we actually had a dragon dragon fruit come in one time, and some different stuff through the fresh fruit and vegetable program. And these kids were like, "What?" is this <laughs> and so it was really cool to see them get their eyes open to something they had never seen before and may may have never experienced had we not had the opportunity to introduce it to them a lot of kids are obviously growing up with what their parents are used to or like and if your parent doesn't like green beans you don't eat green beans so the first time you're exposed to green beans maybe well hey i like them or i don't or maybe you're afraid to try them and i know Participation is a, a big deal in your world, right? I mean, it's one thing to plan the menu to be nutritious, but to get them to eat the menu is also a goal of yours, right? I mean, that's what you're saying with the, getting them to, to try these things maybe a couple of times. So how do you gauge that? How do you just, do, do you look in the garbage and, and find out what they're eating and not eating? Do you just kind of rely on a visual or, or comments? Or how do you know when you hit something, when you really hit a home run with a new fruit or entree item? So yes, yes, and yes to all of those things that you said. <laughs> we do um, um, gauge and collect data. We have some interns that work from us uh, for us, and so we do plate waste studies. Um, what is in the trash, like you said? But the the biggest thing is is talking to your customers. I'm a huge, huge fan of talking to our customers. And you know, we started out with the traditional. And this is something that has evolved with meeting with the students, sending out surveys, doing all of those. 
um, gr great um, tools that people use. And then I developed what I call the um, conference call. Because what I was finding is when I was taste testing with students and, and utilizing the traditional um, outlets to get the customer feedback, I was getting almost, yes, I love it. Yes, I love it. Because I was right there in front of them. Okay, so, or one of my folks or one of our, you know, they were doing that taste test. So the students, being incredible human beings, of course, would say they're not going to, it's hard to get that candid, real feedback. Right, they're not going to so look I, at you and say, eh, I don't like this. Right. <laughs> it's hard for them to go. And especially with the person that made it, prepped it, and it's their product right in front of them. They're done. And they're giving them a free sample. They're not going to say, ew, ew, I don't like that. So I, you know, processed it and, and was talking, you know, to actually a friend of mine who worked in the restaurant industry still, and we were out to coffee and it just, we were just sitting there talking and it was like, we do anonymous shops or calls with our customers in the restaurant industry. Why aren't we doing that with our students? Mm -hmm. So I set up a monthly conference call and I selected seven school sites. They rotate, they get their questions the week before, and it's almost like they become in a conference room setting and they're with an administrator or a teacher or someone on site that has joined our um, advisory club is what it's called. It's the student advisory club. And they meet once a month and they're at their location with their group of peers and students and their trusted administrator that is, you know, somebody they deal with every day. They know that person. And so, and then they call in to us. And then we're sitting here at the office just on a phone call. And there's about four or five of us, my registered dietitian on staff, myself, my assistant director. We sit in the room and uh, one or two of my supervisors, you know, if they're not out in the field, we sit in the room and these students that have had these questions for a week to chew on, give us very honest and <laughs> candid feedback. And we've seen it over the last year. Uh, we rolled it out at the beginning of last year, become much more successful in our customer feedback. That's that's very interesting. And it's also very interesting you are referring to them as customers that, you know, we, we were talking earlier, I think we talked about it, students and just thinking in the world of food service edu or education, um, food service, you think of students, but you call them customers. Is that a common? Do you find your peers do that as well? Or is that something that you bring in to kind of keep your focus on on them, just like you say, it's a restaurant, right? Is that part of that, or is that is it? Are you unique in that way? I'd like to think I am. I'm <laughs> sure that there is other um, like-minded uh, customer service. I, I've always credited myself. Like I said, I was a lunch lady. I've been I've been that mom my whole life with that cooler at the football games on the sidelines, and you know the 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 sporting events track. I've always had that cooler and and. The technique, the term people would come up, Mama Solomon, can I grab something? And so I've always had that. But customer service is always my passion in in whatever I do. And so I'm sure there is like minded people all across this great nation that say the same thing as the customers. It's a way that I get the point across to the people I lead is I use that term very, very, uh, you know, intentionally, I guess is the word, because I want them to realize, yes, they're students. Yes, they're growing and learning, of course, but there are customers. And if we can't answer their needs and their requests and their 
investment, we're not going to be sustainable and we're not going to be successful. You have to accomplish all these things under a strict budget. And that always, I always found that to be exceptionally challenging. At least I would find it very challenging. Uh, what are some of the things that you take into consideration when you're dealing with your, your budgetary restrictions and the dietary uh, guidelines that are put in place? What, what, what are some of the things you have to do to balance the both of those? So that, you know, as we talked about resources, relationships, and regulations, that falls very, very under the two categories, regulations and resources. And so what we do, I work very closely with my dietitian when we um, write the menus and we try to balance the lower cost items in the week that we would put on a new item um, and I have a lot of other of my peers say, you can't spend over this, let's say a dollar on a main, what they call center of the plate or main entree. And I have reached as much as a dollar 25. And that gets into a very scary budgetary restraints, but it's about balance. And it's writing that menu when it's a week or two weeks balance where you're not over the food cost or the plate cost for that time frame. But it's every every restaurant business and every grocery store and every every business does the same thing where they bring in that higher price point item to meet the needs of their customers and then um you know take take a hit on maybe another day but then your customers are looking for this higher end item. And my competitors are not anyone but the food service restaurants around my schools. Mm. When, when you get a sack lunch, when, you bring, when a student brings a stack lunch or, or brings something from home, that is not my competition. The competition is at my high school levels where they're leaving campus. We have open campus in our district and at all seven of our, of our high schools. And those folks are leaving. We ha at our biggest high school, we're barely breaking 35% of our participation hmm. because they can leave. And so we've got to put those higher price point items mm -hmm. at the high school level and then offset that with introducing those on a less frequent basis, but to our elementary kids as well. So an item that we use that's absolutely delicious is a bagel dog. And it is, and I won't say the brand, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the bagel dog and the kids love it at, from kindy, they don't eat the whole thing, of course, but all the way through the high schools where they um, love that and it's a higher price point item. That's interesting. You talk about, uh, you do something, is it a different menu than you serve to your high school students daily versus your uh, K through eight or whatever the grades are, the younger little children? Do you serve different items? I think growing up, we always had the same thing in our district. As I said, my, I'm a little older and back then it was, it was pretty basic, but uh, I think whatever we got at high school was the same exact meal they were serving the elementary school. So you serve a different item to, to those levels. Uh, interesting. So we at the we've also my assistant director um, really championed this. Um, she 
when we, we were both assistant directors side by side and I did more of the operations and facilities and those kinds of things. And she really focused on the menu and did a great job, um, of introducing. So at the, at the K through five and, um, our K eights, we have K eights and traditional middle schools. So we have a hybrid of both in our district, but at the, the K through five level, she introduced options. Um, and so it's, it's one to two hot entree options every day, and then one cold sandwich entree every day plus a salad. So there's four options that is that a student, a customer, can choose every day at our elementary schools. Now this is prior to COVID, gentlemen. Okay, okay, we'll take that. <laughs> I'm, I will, if you want to, I'll expand on that. My projections for August. Oh, maybe <laughs> we're we'll streamlining. Get to that. <laughs> we're streamlining some stuff. So this was our, our real norm before COVID before March 16th. Um, so we had four options at the elementary. And then what we would do is those four options would of course be all the way up through high school. So yes, to answer your question that those four items, but then we would get to the middle school and our customers advance. So they would get two more options and we would introduce that at the middle school level. And then when we got to the high school, they would have nine to 11 options to choose from. The four mm. basic that are on the menu across the board. So if Johnny and Sierra are in your house and you have two kids, right? Your kids would get the same options, but depending on the level that they are at school, they would get additional options. Mm. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So I, I, I hear in there a vegetarian option, obviously. Every do you day. Plan, do you plan that? Do you, do you try to accommodate different um, food trends, eating trends? That, that and, and do you, I'm always interested, like, when you see kids and they, and they say, I'm a vegan, or, or are, they, are they usually pretty good at adhering to that? Or do they, when pizza day comes, do they say, no, nah, I'm eating pizza? Do, do you find them cheating, or do you think they, they all kind of stick to their, to their guns when they talk about their, their preferences and, and diet? I think vegetarians are very, very faithful to their choice. <laughs> okay. Um, and they, at least in my experience, in, in uh, serving them at a high school level and also they, they will not take a substitution. If um, when I was a kitchen manager, if, and I knew who, we knew who our vegetarians were and we, those customers, we were very accommodating to because, you know, it is, it is a, a lifestyle that they're choosing to, to stay with those fresh products. And, and I, respect and appreciate that. And so when they would come through the line, they absolutely, you know, miss, you know, you're always miss, um, miss, do you have my vegetarian option? And we would set those aside and make sure we always had those options available too. And we do that as well district wide because we have vegetarians starting at the preschool level. Sure. sure. And it's a parent's preference, you know, right. really guiding them. Um, and we, when we hear from those parents and they put that special request in on our point of sale system, we're able to mark that and honor that so that we can make sure that we're giving those kids and guide them. We use a, um, what I would call an icon system. It's not really, it's pictures, but it's pictures and it's little tiny pictures of what's in those products. And it's on our digital menu. It's on, we have a board that we use. Um, well, I could show you guys, but, um, it's a board that we post and it's our allergens and what's in our items. And you list the items and everything that, the, so if it's a little egg or a little pig or a little cow or, you know, cow could be dairy as well. We, we mark that icon. So kids very visually can see this item has 
from preschool all the way up. Um, you know, our, our high schoolers don't necessarily need to look at that, but we have those boards that we've created so that you get the visual because some people can't read that it's pork, that kind of stuff. So the visual and those icons stay consistent. Yeah. So you, you were talking about your competition in, in the high schools being the surrounding restaurants. Uh, Aurora has a lot of great food options. Um, when, when I lived in Wyoming, we would always come down to Denver and then make our way over to Aurora. Um, and H Mart was one of our big stops that we always had to stop at. Um, but there's some fantastic food around there. Um, do you take inspiration from your competition and incorporate that into your menus? So absolutely. We take field trips to go to our competitors and find out what they're, because that's the way that I grew up in my first career, was, you know, shop your competitor, find mm -hmm. out what they're doing, find out what they're, what they're serving. And then we implement that into our menus. And so you gain the, gain the feedback of your customer, you shop your competitors, and then you change your menu. Um, so we have introduced noodle bowls. Um, it's not necessarily because we have calorie restraints and, you know, food. Um, we're trying to do it in a healthier way, fresh, where there's very low sodium and, you know, hitting those marks where it's healthy for the kids too. But you can do so much with natural flavors. And in my 13 years that I've been here at the district, I've really learned a lot about fresh fruit and, you know, grinding up a jalapeno pepper and using its natural flavors to season mm -hmm. and yeah. add that to a menu item and doing different things where you're not adding salt, you're not adding sugar, you're using the natural fresh foods that, you know, was pushed and promoted and right and, and awesome, but we're trying to get creative. I have three I have four with my assistant director, um, Johnson and Wales, Jay Wu, um, culinary <laughs> graduates. They all fill different positions here in my department, but they all have culinary certification. So their chef and their culinary expertise come forward in our menu when we're trying to create things. And um, um, two of them were interns for me and they went out into the world after they interned in my department over the last two years. And I went back and grabbed them and now they're my trainers. I don't, I can't have chefs on. I can't afford that in the vegetary restraints um, and regulations, but um, they love being a part of the creativity that we've created for them. And so they do different things here in our department. And then they're, we're able to tap into their culinary experience when we're writing those menus. And, you know, we also look at burgers and, for, and um, pizzas and those kinds of things. And we do the smart slice and we do the whole grain, um, different things to try and bring in that, what kids tend to choose, but in a healthier fashion. Mm -hmm. Okay. So do you, you talk about a lot of the variety that you have here and, and getting this inspiration from the outside and so forth. So do you, is the faculty, are they participating in your, in your program? Is that, that's gotta be kind of a, a good feeling when you know you've got the adults there that uh, that are taking part in it as well. We've had an increase um, over the last few years of because uh, you can create an account, so you and I, as an adult in the district, can log in with our IRIDs and create a, a, a an account where we could eat across the district at any 
restaurant. We have 63 restaurants here in Aurora. Restaurants, Public right. schools. Um, but you can eat at any of our restaurants. And so we are really building, that's part of those three R's that I talked about, the relationships where we're saying to teachers, administrators, security, deans, custodians, if you eat with us and the kids see you eating with us and you're choosing us, you're being able to tell your customers, what our customers, what you like and don't like. So if you're sitting in your classroom and you ate our burger yesterday and it was dry, we want to know. We're, this isn't a sensitivity thing. Like, don't hide the constructive criticism to us. We're not going to get any better unless you tell us. And so we've really worked hard to try and build those relationships with those teachers to be able to get that candid feedback that they're going to they're gonna hear it from their, their students and then, which are our customers. And so we want that to come to us. And then we want to, um, get their feedback as well. One of the things that I implemented, I think it was last year, maybe, maybe a year before, I don't know. Sometimes it blends together, gentlemen. Um, <laughs> but I implemented a, um, dine with us card and I can show you it's, it's, it's behind me in my drawer, but it, it's a, a little card business card where our kitchen managers hand it out to teachers, hand it out to people. And we take the loss of the $3 and 90 cents, um, of getting them to come in and eat, right. That leader led, get them in. And we give them those cards sometimes at kickoff nights, those kinds of things. And I've empowered my kitchen managers to say, invite them in, invite parents in. And it's this little card. It's signed by me and it um, allows a free adult meal so that they can, we can drive that business coming in and build those relationships. And a lot of times people say that there's this wall between the cafeteria and the rest of the school. It's, you know, and so I've really tried to listen to that and creatively come up with ways to break down those barriers that we're one unit. And the kitchen is a little power source of food, energy, and everything that comes out of our kitchen. And what kind of a source are, are we positive? Are we negative? Are we next? Come in line next. Is that <laughs> That's what, what Justin and I were in? talking about earlier, our experience. <laughs> yeah. Or are we this, oh, I get to go see my kitchen staff and I get to go see my lunch ladies and lads. I mean, we want to be that. I mean, we break bread. We feed people. Yeah. It's one of the critical essential things in life. So how do we build that and help the future of our country? Like, how do we get that to them? You know, Rich, I think with all the, the regulatory, dietary, and, and food changes that have happened since we were in public education, I think the biggest change is probably getting people in there that actually care to this level like that that Shannon does. I mean that's that's got to be the most important thing is is getting people who genuinely care about what they're doing, who they're serving and how they're doing it. So how Shannon, how do you go about making sure that you're you're staffed with people with that that mentality? I think it's a consistent message. Um I our our mission statement here at Aurora Public Schools is we serve well, we, it starts out with, we support education by serving delicious, nutritious quality meals with excellent customer service. So that's our mission. 
And <laughs> customer I, service meeting... that was never involved when we no, were kids. No, no. Just to, to, to expand on what Justin said, I, I'm sitting here listening to you and and thinking to myself, this is not what I expected from a school. I'm thinking you are like you're running a restaurant, you're a legit restaurant, and you're going at it like you would at a restaurant. Your customer base and taking care of them and focus and making sure that um, you know everything that they're putting out is quality. You're not just checking off the box that you gave them eight ounces of veggies today or something, you're, you're making sure it's good and they're liking it. This, that's, that's really impressive. And I, and I think, thank you. And, and that's awesome. And, and that is our intent. And I think it's the consistent message and empowering our kitchen managers. If you're not going to eat it yourself and you're not going to serve it to your children, your grandchildren, your friends, your nieces, your nephews, throw it in the trash. Do not serve that um chasing pennies and losing dollars serving mm -hmm. a customer a dried out pizza slice or a soggy bread chicken sandwich is i hate to use the word unacceptable <laughs> but oh, it's it unacceptable it is absolutely and it's getting our kitchen managers who lead their restaurants he lead their little restaurants to feel that empowerment that they're not so, oh my gosh, I got to pinch these pennies. I can't throw it away. It's what right. it's, it's get it. You know, if you wouldn't eat it, teach your cashiers, teach your, your cooks, your line servers, that if they wouldn't eat it, they don't feel like it's quality. It's nutritious, delicious, and quality. If you don't have that with a smile, excellent customer service, as you said, then then you're not you're not living your mission every day and it's every time i have a manager meeting once a month every time i have a leadership meeting every time i'm out in the kitchens i go out at least once a month and i will throw your food away mm. i will walk right up and i'm like here is this what you're having for lunch <laughs> is this what you're having for breakfast if not let's let's should we serve this and they'll go no shannon and they'll throw it right in the trash with me and it's that consistent message. It's not, it's not reinventing the wheel. It's empowering them to believe that they have the choices to make in one of my 63, their little restaurant every single day, feeling that they have the authority to serve that quality, delicious, nutritious meal and that it's critical. You must be, I'm sure, very driven. Uh, the budget is a big concern of you and, and to give your people that power where they know, they know it's about a budget. They know it's you've got to make the budget that they still feel that if it's not nutritious, if it doesn't look good, if, if they wouldn't serve it to their family, throw it away. That's, that's impressive that, that they um, are feeling that way and that you support that and, and knowing again, the budget, that's, that's a big deal, right? Well, and also I would, I would tend to believe that there's a measurable difference in the type of experience that students are having and their performance throughout the rest of the day. You know, when they're getting a quality uh, not only nutrition, but also a positive emotional experience in in their restaurant, in their lunchroom, that carries over into their attitude and how how they perform throughout the rest of the day. Yes, it it is absolutely. That's when, <laughs> I don't should I share that? Okay, I'm going to. When I first for first became a kitchen manager, and exactly to what you said, it's really about that customer experience. And when I first became a kitchen manager. I had, it was interesting to me to come from customer service, a very incredible company that had amazing customer service. 
and it was, you know, for 20 years, that's what I lived, breathed, walked, talked, everything. Um, so when I came into the, it was the, exactly what you gentlemen were probably talking about earlier. Next, yeah. come on. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening? <laughs> and the lines were so long oh, at yeah. high school and just taking forever. And I'm like, and we were, we were serving in a school where the um, enrollment was about 2,100 at the time. We were serving about mm, 500. Hmm. Oh. And yeah. I, I was like, wow. And they all go to school here. They're here all day long. You have this really great customer base and you're not hitting it. So I had 13 employees at the time running my high school. And I decided, and of those, eight of them were cashiers during the rush. Um, and they had an hour and a half to serve the students at that time. So I decided to, I think it was probably my fourth or fifth month in. My first three months, I pretty much stay back and just observe. That's any mm -hmm. any new restaurant or anything I go into, that's my MO. But I, it was probably about my fourth or fifth month. I decided to break my cashiers. And I would send them out to the end of the line to take uh -huh. their 30-minute break. Uh -huh. it, it got better real fast. <laughs> a little incentive. Very good. Because, yeah, because they got to experience what their customers were experiencing. And I, you know, I don't think they realized that from a customer perception on how long it was taking. You know, they would get six minutes at the, you know, they'd clear their lines the last five minutes of that 30 30 minute meal period. And so my employees get a half an hour for lunch too. So I would send them out to the back of the line to say, go ahead and take your 30 minute lunch. And they're like, wait a minute, I want to make my lunch and go sit down. No, 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 no. Let's, <laughs> let's experience what our customers are experiencing. And it incredibly reduced my line times. Uh, my cashiers move much more efficiently and faster because they realized what their customers were experiencing. And so it reduced our line times to about from about 23 minutes was we would clear our lines to um, 12. Wow. And then I created a, a sheet that each cashier, I became a friendly competition, which is something, you know, with five athletes that I raised. Um, friendly competition is always fun in my family. <laughs> so friendly competition between my cashiers who could clear their lines the fastest with the best customer service. And they were down to, you know, eight, eight to 12 minute line times at my high school. And over the course of that first year, we increased participation to, um, I think that first year it was around 1100. So double, pretty close to double. And then we, by our third, by my third year as a kitchen manager, we were serving 1400 for lunch, which was almost 60%. And then, um, we increased our breakfast from 80 breakfasts a day to 450. Wow. At a open campus high school. Wow. Of all the equipment that is in your arsenal, what would you say is one of the top or the most useful things? It can be anything from an oven to a spoodle or whatever. Uh, what, what would you say is the most versatile or the most useful thing, the thing that your kitchens could not do without? So there's a couple. That's fine. You can um, go through them. Um, kitchen scissors, <laughs> they're a lifesaver. Um, I would say on the small level, speed racks are always a blessing with, uh, tops that have some extra real estate for prep. Um, so utilizing those in a versatile, um, speed racks, but I would say our steamers, um, those are probably, 
Um, our steamers and our tilt skillets are probably our most and the new combi ovens that are coming out. We, we haven't had the blessing in this district yet to utilize as many of those. We've got, um, four or five that are coming in, um, that we're going to be able to use. We've tested one back here. And so the combi is, is a steamer hybrid oven type, um, thing that we're, really trying to utilize and get the the maximum out of that versatility but it is a newer more efficient piece of equipment that we're utilizing um we are opening a new k-8 here in aurora public schools in the fall prior covid of course we don't know exactly what's going on yet but we should be um and in that k-8 i have ordered a veggie prep um wash we've never used one here in aurora public schools but uh we're going to see what that does. And, you know, we do a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables here. So um, utilizing that to see how that is labor uh, savings for us. But I would have to say the steamer or combi oven on the big equipment side. And obviously the ones we use the most are the walk-ins and the freezers. Those mm-hmm. are critical. Like sure. the, the biggest piece of our equipment is keeping those nice and, um, you know, storage racks. But the speed racks, kitchen scissors, uh, tongs all kinds of tongs. Um, and then the pans are really critical. Like what kind of pans are you u- using? How do they hold up in the wash, the extreme amount of usage, those kinds of things as well. So when you're looking at equipment, you go for something that's going to give you that longevity of use and, and how accurate are things like portion control and things like that when you look at equipment? So as we talked about that budget constraints and restrictions, um, we're definitely looking for products that people are willing to stand behind their name. And so a warranty is huge um, for us um, because it it tells us right out of the gate, and I should say me, it tells me right out of the gate, are you willing to stand behind the product in which you're repping and which you're, you're offering to us? Because once we make that purchase, we want it to last. We want it to go the distance. And we, like I said, we are the biggest restaurant brand in Aurora for the amount of breakfast and lunch we serve. So the equipment, the tools, the, you know, utensils, whatever you want to call them, they're getting to work. They're, they're going to work every morning. So we want, we want those things that are going to last, um, that are actually versatile and that will meet the needs of us for not just today, but the evolution of what's coming in the next five years and 10 years. I know that not everything's going to last forever and there's normal wear and tear. So I'm not unrealistic when it comes to what a warranty should look like. But if you're only like, oh, yeah, six months parts and labor or one year parts and labor, it's like, "Mm, this should really last longer than a year. Why are you only giving me that? Speaking of evolution, what you've been doing right now in the midst of COVID, still having to fulfill needs of your customers uh, what has that looked like for you? What have you been been doing to meet those needs? And then what has the conversation been about moving forward and then implementing safe practices, social distancing into uh, your lunchrooms? So I'm going to steal a line from Aladdin. <laughs> it's a whole new world. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. And it was a huge, strong pivot fast um, for our industry, Um, not just for myself, but for directors across the state and across the country. Um, I feel like we all responded as superheroes, which is what I believe everybody that I work with every day is. 
we take very little resources and create incredible things with it. Um, for us, it looks like drive throughs I have been passionate about drive throughs for a long time um, because the, uh, not efficiency, the word I'm looking for is um, convenience. Convenience is the word I'm looking for. drive throughs are convenient because you're on, you can be on your phone, you can be handling a business call, you can be doing this. So drive throughs are very convenient for customers, right? Um, Starbucks, all that. I can handle my 30-minute wait in Starbucks. I can handle a lot of stuff. Right. So it's not I'm sitting inside. I'm doing all that. So I'm a, a, a huge proponent of drive through. So immediately my mind shift went to, OK, we can't we're no longer going to be together. Um, we've got to separate. We've got to keep my staff safe. We've got to keep the public safe. So drive throughs, drive throughs, drive throughs, drive throughs. So we immediately responded with 16 different locations and we put up signs, stay in your cars. And we created, um, I launched last year at the summer program, we have three incredible buses. Their activities buses retired to us by the district for us. Um, and one's decorated by our, we had a high school, again, friendly competition. Um, we put out to the high schools to decorate these buses rather than us paying some print shop, this, hmm. that, and the other. And they colored one in a watermelon. They decorated one. We call it tasty, but it's the rainbow and it's got all these different words on it and different languages. And it's, you know, it's got the colors of the rainbow. That was and very then, Skittles like. Uh, <laughs> yes, <yeah>. exactly. <laughs> and uh, so I started calling it taste the rainbow, but then my team called it tasty. So it's the tasty bus. So we have the tasty bus, the watermelon, and then we have pink lemonade. It was supposed to be lemonade, but it ended up being this peachy salmon color. So it's our pink lemonade bus. <laughs> So we have taken those buses out with one of our refrigerated delivery trucks and created drive-throughs on the sides of these things. Some have two, some have one, depending on the amount of customers we have at each one of those sites. But we have served since March 16th, yesterday was 710,000 meals. Whoa. Ooh. Wow. And it's drive-through. That's, and so you are a high volume drive through. Absolutely. <laughs> right. So and um, we do send food home on Friday. So it's Fridays is our biggest day for Saturday and Sunday because our community has told us that's what they need. And in this time, in this uncharted waters and unprecedented time, that's really what we've just been answering the call of our community and what they need from us. And so we will continue this platform through July 31st, minimumly. And it wow. is challenging emotionally, um, being on the front lines every single day. Um, I uh, submitted something to my supervisor and I said, it's a daily choice for me. It's faith over fear. And am I fearful? Am I scared? Yeah. Every day. Not just for myself, uh, for my family, for my staff, for my community, for where we're at. Yeah, I'm scared. But we have a job to do. And I have to choose faith that that job to do is more important and has to be the deciding factor over my fear. Wow. God bless you there. I think that is, uh, that's fantastic. And, and this whole time we've been talking, um, I wish I was in your district when I was growing up. I, I think things <laughs> you're doing there are amazing and uh, your energy, your passion, your drive the things that you're doing uh fantastic i i hope every school district uh, 
I hope a lot of people listen to it and, and say that's that's the way we want it to be because I think what you're doing is, is phenomenal. I have a question that's unrelated to everything, but it's I've been trying to figure it out for years and years and years. So when I was in grade school, there were these little peanut butter chocolate type squares that I don't even know what you would call them. Peanut butter crunch bars. That's probably it. Um, But I haven't been able to find that exact same experience that I had in elementary school. I don't, I don't know how they were made, you know, but I just remember that I haven't found that flavor and that, that same textural experience anywhere. So I was just curious. Culinary quest. Yeah, it, it kind of is, you know, because I was like one one of the few shining lights in in my childhood <laughs> lunchroom experience. Everything else was was pretty abysmal, but that on Friday we got those, and I haven't been able to find them ever since. Is there something out there that's close to that 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 you could point me in that direction? Well, you're gonna have to call Michael J. Fox and go back to the future mm. because you're gonna have to go back in time because you're also not that age anymore. <laughs> So this that experience is, is part of it. Yeah, but the peanut butter crunch bars here. are definitely something we can make. Um, but it isn't going to be the same for you because it was that look forward to excitement that you had it as an adolescent as well. And so, you know, we all have that experience of our lunchrooms. Mine's tomato soup and grilled cheese. I wasn't a, I wasn't a kid. My mom was a real estate agent, so she stayed at home um, before I left for school and when I came home. So... And she, she made my lunch because in her mind, she grew up, that was more economical. Hot lunch for me was a treat. It wasn't a, so when I got hot lunch at school, I begged and begged and begged grilled cheese sandwich and tomato soup day. And to this day, Justin, I cannot get that back of that (laughs) feeling I had when it was actually in the schools. Um, We have grilled cheese and tomato soup here, but it's still not the same (laughs) because I was a kid and that, that joyous person, you know, whatever. But those peanut butter crunch bars, I know exactly what you're talking about. And they are delicious. And we can make them. So when you come I, to Aurora, ever. Trip. I will be back in Aurora very call soon. Call me and we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll make you some peanut butter crunch bars right. from a lunch I, lady. Don't be surprised <laughs> when this happens because it will happen. <laughs> All right. Justin well, and I have we we have so many road trips we have planned. We're gonna have to take a, a good long time to accomplish all the uh, stops on our road trip, Justin. Well, we've got a well, lot lined up with all of our great uh, people we've been interviewing here on these shows. So, your restaurant is on the list. When you guys do it, you got to do like the Food Network does, right? So when they drive around to different things, you got to stop, do yeah. your whole show, and and make it the K twelve road show. Very yep. good idea, and, and Justin, we have the technology. We can do this. We do. I mean, well, there's, there's don't nothing you have that stopping that bo- bus too, or something like an RV. Oh, we we don't any longer, but we yeah, we will still figure out a way. If we have to get some paint and put a logo on the side of our car, we can do it, Justin. Well, we'll just have your kids paint us a bus. Yeah, there send you the go. Bus. Send the watermelon. We'd like yes. to ride cross country yeah. in the watermelon. Oh. <laughs> well. Oh. Well, unfortunately, um, I think it's time we have to wrap things up for today. I, I can't tell you, Shannon, what a great show. I, I, I knew we'd have a great show today. I knew this would be a lot of fun and interesting. As I think everyone can relate to uh, school food service, but I can tell you, and uh, 
I, I know Justin feels the same way. It, it is. It was an eye-opening experience, I think, talking to you and, and what you're doing and the fantastic things you're doing and just the way you, again, talk to your customers and the restaurant that you're running. I mean, that's that's just really, really incredible, and, and uh, congratulations on, on doing all that. I think your students must just uh, love coming to school and, get, and getting your uh, food service every day. Uh, and for our listeners, I hope uh, everyone here did get a little insight into the world of uh, school food service and broadened your understanding of what goes into that. It, it's, it is a restaurant, and I think that's that's a big takeaway here for me today is, is just how much you work it just like a restaurant, a regular food service outlet. So, Shannon, thank you so much for spending time with us here today. Uh, learned a lot, very interesting. Uh, any last words that, uh, Shannon, you might have for students out there in other districts that are eating peanut butter squares or... Or not eating peanut butter squares. Or not eating peanut butter squares. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Move that's... to Aurora, right? Tell your parents. Well, there is one quote that I would like to leave us with. Um, uh, perfect. That I, I live my life by, um, genuinely. And it's by Gandhi. And it says, be the change you wish to see in this world. So often we get caught up in being critical and critical of others and critical of the things that we see. And really the onus is on us to be the best versions of ourselves every single day. And that quote really, when I was getting my master's, I didn't share that in this interview, but I did continue on and get my master's degree in business as well, um, which took me three years. That quote, when I did a study in a paper on Gandhi really hit home to me that I need to take, take care of myself, but also focus on being the best version of myself. And it really doesn't matter what the, the noise and what's going on around me. It really matters is what do I want to be that power source going out? And then I need to first realize I have to be that change I want to see. Not working through other people, but be the change I want to see in this world. And that is loving others, serving others, caring for one another, and just choosing love every single day. Oh, well, if we all wow. did that, imagine the world that we would be in right now. That's fantastic. Wow, that is very powerful. Thank you for that. that great quote. Uh, very, very good words to uh, keep in, in mind. Now, that doesn't mean I'm perfect every day. I missed the mark. <laughs> it means that's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, but uh, you're, you're doing you're doing super stuff there. Keep up. And, and, and great. Again, uh, thank you again for so much for today. Justin, any last words from you today? Well, yeah. I would like to remind everyone out there to please subscribe. You know, Take the moment and click that button. And also, if you like what we're doing go ahead and share that with your friends we would greatly appreciate that very good thank you and and as always everyone if there's anything at all you want to hear on the show or any thoughts on a topic that we could cover please let us know reach out to us at volrathfoodservice.com slash the feed and as uh we wind down the show here i was just like my own little words of just don't worry about the other guy and what they're doing just focus on what you do best and no one's going to beat you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, take care.